Welcome to the 24 Podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for 24 on Fox. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And tonight we're covering season one slash nine, day nine, episode 911, 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. A lot of nines in there. <laughs> That's a lot of nines. <laughs> a shitload of nines. Uh, almost as many nines as Jack carries on him at any given time. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently he's moved on to uh, I don't know what the I don't know what those shoot the HK P thirty shoots probably forty five maybe fifty oof that's a big bullet all right okay anyway we're not here to talk about what size uh, bullets Jack, aren't we Jack has isn't that the pants. only thing we should really talk about <laughs> the size of his package that he's packing I think we should probably talk about the episode and okay. the events that happened during this episode a lot of stuff happened apparently you can get it in both nine millimeter and forty cal. I want to say Jack would not carry a nine. I think he's going to carry something to, substantially he'd probably, bigger. He'd go to forty. Yeah, sure, sure. Kate probably rocking the nine. Oh, that's sexist. <laughs> She's rocking the Deagle just to just to <laughs> all right, yeah. just to really turn your expectations on her head. I really want to fire one of those at hmm. some point. Yeah, no, that's that's one I haven't. I thought you said you had. Mm-mm. I've seen one. I've held one. Oh, I've never okay. actually shot right. it. You can stick your damn thumb in the barrel damn near. Jesus. Uh, okay, let's let's talk about this episode. We open, you know, exactly where we left off last time, and we've got uh, we've got the Chinese added to this. The Chinese terrorists added this whole equation. This is a this has become a melting pot. It has. Yeah. We need Afghans in here. We need some Pakistani. Uh-huh. We got the Dutch involved. Maybe some Malaysian. The Dutch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We, Dutch cargo ships are involved now. It's 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 pretty soon going to be just basically if you handed everyone in the United Nations chamber like some grenades and pistols and just said, go. <laughs> that's what the finale is going to be for the show. It's a, a game of GoldenEye 64. <laughs> <laughs> You get Boris in there. Can we there. ban Odd Job? He's just too. Yeah, no, he's it's, not, it's, it's not. It's fair. a massive advantage. Sure, it is, especially when you're playing his jaws. <laughs> um. Oh my God. So we're actually going to start talking about the episode. I think I imagine. so. Yeah, yeah. Where do you want to start? Well, um, President Grandpa mm-hmm. is sitting there making dookie over the fact that the the carrier, the Chinese carrier, has been destroyed. Sure, it's a pretty big deal. To be fair, to be fair, yeah. and and also it's it's a really hard sell. Oh yeah, that we'll get to the Chinese later. Where it's like, look, man, look, look. <laughs> I know this looks bad. I know you think he's dead. It's like you know, you uh, you walk in on your lover, and uh, parts of them are inside this other person, or vice uh-huh. versa. Uh-huh. And it's like, look, I just slipped, tripped, fell on the dick. <laughs> Uh, it's not what it looks like. Yeah, that that's going to be a hard sell, especially put this in the context of this overall day. The United States just looks like it's losing its mind. Sure. It's bombing London well, with drones. the head of the United States is, I think. <laughs> True. But I'm saying as an institution, they're bombing London with drones. Yes. They're murdering, they're, they're offering up the president as sacrificial lambs. They're firing on Chinese character, carriers. This just looks... I mean, do you, do you think that lends any credence to his story, that... Shit's been taken over. I don't know. Because there, there's so much erratic behavior here that th- the United States, to start a war with the English and the Chinese in the same day is a fucking bad idea. Go home, America. You're drunk. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, it kind of works in his favor. Look, these drones got out of control. They blew up Wembley Stadium. Why but are we going to do that? that's also an excellent cover if you wanted to Certainly, start a yeah, unilateral yeah. war with the Chinese. And... But you're also starting... I mean, unless the English are in on it. That's the thing. You're also be, starting a war with them. Yeah, we'd be, we'd be in on it. Okay. 
the All false right. flag, double blind backstab, which takes out Wembley Stadium, Chinese special. Yeah, yeah. that the yeah no no and I, a whole bunch of London citizens. I'm just saying I don't know if it. If it makes us more credible or less credible that all this shit's okay. going on, I feel like it's at best a push that it's just going to be extra information. And Chinese are going to like this is fucking nuts. Yeah, yeah, this is knocking futz. I don't know what to do about it. Uh, so we've we're kind of left with the mystery of what the hell Chang is doing, what why he's mm-hmm. no longer with the Chinese. We can't develop that a little bit further because he says China's not my country anymore. They turned their back on him. They turned so... his back on him, and yeah. uh, Jack later exposits. And there was some push. For power that he made, I don't know what went on in that season. So, so Chinese has been more or less democratizing and capitalizing the last twenty years, uh-huh. and Jack ties this up to like he was one of the old hardliners, okay, on the old Tiananmen Square rolling the tanks in kind of dudes. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. He had a conflict, you know, they had like a fight for the soul of the Chinese Communist Party, I guess, or whatever, and, and he lost. He, he lost. Yeah. He crapped out and uh, can't accept it. Can't accept defeat. So now, okay. He's... So that's what he views. He he views them not accepting his way of governing as them turning their back on. Yeah, them. I mean, he probably sees them all as traitors to the the path that they should be on and, sure. and acting okay. dangerously. You know, it's not like he views himself as evil. Obviously, yeah. yeah. Um, so he proclaims that what's in Chloe's head is extremely valuable. Uh huh. She does a really credible phone grab. She does like a trip and then picks it up, and he smokes it out immediately. And you're thinking, <laughs> oh, this is another one of Chloe's uh, harebrained schemes that last 10 seconds yeah. before the bad guy's like, what are you doing? Get into this garbage truck, Chloe. <laughs> <laughs> um, she does manage to find herself into a, a high tech garbage truck. She does. As uh, he slaps the phone out of her hand. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was kind of awesome that, you know, there was a double subterfuge here. It was not only the grabbing of the cell phone, but also the pressing of the record button. Yes. That was, that was pretty good. No, Chloe. I thought that was a nice inversion because I thought it, – it's kind of weird because, like, man, the last three things Chloe's come up with have just failed spectacularly. Yeah, what the yeah. fuck? And then they do it again when she uh, does a smash and grab with the lead pipe and then bails out the high-tech garbage truck and does her tumble roll. Uh-huh. I thought that was going to be another one. It's like, well, shit, they're just going to find her and drag yeah. her unconscious, unconscious ass back. Didn't work they, out that way. They would have. They would To be fair, it was a terrible plan. The British – I suspect these are British forces because we certainly don't have that much manpower just laying around – UK I would think. I think they had British accents as well. The ones, some some form. The guys are rolled accent. in with the mom vans. Yeah. Okay. I, I they thought came so. in, they came rolling in at the Chrysler town and countries, and they've had full body armor and they're shooting guys oh, up. I'm talking about the no, original no, no. cavalry, not those guys. The guys in the garbage truck or the the military truck that pulls That's up behind what I'm the garbage saying. truck. The, it's, it feels like the there's a lot of Deuce X SAS going on here. Well, <laughs> or we, they just we mili- know we have a CIA base and they can launch operations from there, right? Yeah, I just in London. I guess it seems like that's a crazy amount of field operate operatives to have. Yeah, in I a mean, foreign if, you, country. if you load four or five town and countries full of CIA agents, yeah, I thought a lot they were. Agents. I thought that maybe there's a joint British operation. Could be, but I didn't hear any of them speak. So who the hell knows? Yeah, uh, the other dude's definitely British. We'll get to them in a bit. Um. Yeah, as you said, Chloe made the phone recording. Um, mm-hmm. The president orders Jack that he's got to get both Chang and the override device to prove her innocent. 
we got sure. the government issued face man took over from P Mob and he's having trouble breaking into his rig. <laughs> uh, so Gift, Gift Man is taking over from P Mob. Uh-huh. He's having trouble breaking into. I, I don't understand what the problem. Whether he's having trouble taking over, I think he's over. sabotaging the shit. Wasn't he kind of a bad guy, set up as a bad guy earlier? He was, so he was B-Rat's kind of right-hand man. Yeah. But it also seemed like B, he was playing B-Rat, or B-Rat was playing him for a fool, and mm-hmm. that I got the impression last episode that he was kind of full of chagrin over being duped. Okay. And now he's on his best government-issued face behavior. But he's bad at it because he doesn't know... The job. Yeah, he's like, I, I guess he's trying to figure out P-Mob's rig. Yeah, yeah. Or it, it turns out they also said all cameras and phones are scrambled within a two-mile radius, which that's an interesting trick to pull. Sure. Um, well, I mean, when you've got a device as the crux of the plot for this entire season that can crack any encryption on mm. the planet, I don't think that's a stretch. But the big news is Jack's investigating how the Russians were on him in the first place, and uh, yeah, yeah. Gift Man drops that <laughs> Mark Boudreaux's office requested uh, access to his transponder code or his comlink code, uh-huh. to track whatever. Him. And Jack eyes widen. You think some fingers are going to be snapping? <laughs> uh, I gotta say that Chloe's look. 11 episodes in, it's still the most fucking ridiculous. Every single time I see mm-hmm. her huddled miserable in the corner with those ridiculous cat's eyes. Uh-huh. And then Merkin Mouth and her got into the same scene <laughs> by phone. It kept on panning from Merkin Mouth to Chloe. Merk- and I thought I was losing my fucking mind. Those two both. The 11 episodes in, yeah. my first reaction is to gasp and or laugh. <laughs> And awesome. a Merkin mouth yeah, you're sometimes right. slightly get aroused. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so who do you got in the more fucked up look off? Who uh, do you got? Chloe. I- I'm going with Chloe. Cl- over Merkin mouth? It's because of the way she's changed so much. Her look has gone from, you know, CIA agent to girl with the dragon tattoo, and it's it's freaking me out. That's the thing, though. I don't think <laughs> I don't think the snail's look has changed all that much. Like, sometimes you get these extreme makeovers, and you're like, oh, wow, that totally changed the girl's look. You don't look. think it's changed that much? Well, her face has not changed, certainly. I feel like you could put the crow makeup on her. I feel <laughs> like you could put rodeo clown makeup. You could do... You Juggalo could, shit. Yeah, you, you, she could be a juggalette, and she's still that... <laughs> <laughs> that resting bitch face is so strong. It's such yeah, a strong yeah. mold that it can't be broken. That's true. That's going to shine through, burn through however many layers of makeup and But bullshit. I don't know the fashion sense in Russia. I mean, maybe Merkin Mouth is just that's going the, with the flow. That's the end thing? Yeah. Having yeah, it this, could be. The horizontal vagina mouth? All yeah. right. Uh, we can roll with that. Uh, there's a kind of there's a kind of deep devolution into what the Chinese and the Russians have to gain that... that I feel like it's supposed to be exposition, but I came away not understanding anymore. Yeah. It's like, okay, so war between China and the United States. Russia would probably have to back China since that's kind of what they do. Okay. Then the UK and the France and everybody else backs the United States. How does this actually open up any land for the Russians to take? Like, you know. I don't know. It, I mean, how concerned are the Russians about the power that the Chinese are gathering? Plus, I feel like the war's already over. I mean, China only has one aircraft carrier. Yeah, and it's been destroyed. We have like a dozen of them. Uh-huh. It's game over now. That was a that was a decapitating, debilitating first strike that yeah, they can't much. they can't recover from. As far as naval airstrikes go, yeah, certainly. Uh, 
anyway, so the Russians are secretly working with not the Chinese because you were almost right. A, a offshoot terrorist, yeah, yeah, paramilitary branch of the Chinese intelligence apparatus has broken free and are working with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Audrey announces that she. Oh no, no, wait a second. Uh, the president calls <laughs> and tries to make peace with the Chinese, and oh, the Chinese. Boy. First of all, he's got this conference room voice we noticed where it's a bit it's a flat <laughs> monotone and, and it's much much louder. Much louder and every <laughs> syllables he enunciates way more. Every syllable is enunciated properly. He with when you add a Chinese man on the other line, it's like uh-huh. times 10. Sure. Conference voice times 10. Uh Chinese aren't having any of it. He's like, "No, this is a bunch of bullshit." Uh, we got to do what we got to do, and what we got to do is steam a whole bunch of battleships and frigates and uh, aircraft out towards your all shit. That makes sense. It to makes me. sense. What's funny is President Grandpa comes out of that room like feeling good, thinking, "Hey, you know what? If we can just get well, the he tracking." He probably to... forgot the conversation that he I, just had. I kind of wondered if that was the implication. Because I mean, the the scene where he drops his pills, he's looking like he's in bad shape. He, he's. That's so stupid. A guy bobbled. Like I've, I've probably in the last year tried to open a pill bottle and <laughs> dropped it. No, no, no. That can but happen. Sure, it does happen. In the, in the language of television, they're telling us, "Oh my God, something is seriously wrong with the president." I feel like that's what they're trying to do, but I, yeah. I didn't buy it because everybody's looking like, "Oh my God, this older, older, elderly man dropped a pill bottle." My God. Mm. Well, I mean, they're his Alzheimer pills. He's clearly reaching for them like he's. You know, he, I'm sure he's on a schedule with those That's things. It's thing not like, like you take them when you need them. Oh, those, I'm losing my mind. Yeah, I need a pill. None of those pill. people, it's not like it has in big, large print crazy pills. No one knows. Sure. I mean, he's an old man. He could be taking boner pills. He could be taking Lipitor. <laughs> he he's, could be taking... he's in the middle of a meeting. He's just going to take Viagra. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, yeah, you gotta you gotta be strong when dealing with the Chinese. <laughs> gotta be firm. You gotta be rock hard, firm, sh- <laughs> shiny. Oh, <laughs> to be able to deal with the Chinese. Shiny, that's if they see that's an evocative term that is disgusting. If his boner flags even ten percent, they're going to see that weakness. And yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and don't think the other guy wasn't snorting rhino horn mm-hmm. or oh, tiger yeah. balls or whatever the Viagra equivalent is for the the Chinese over there. Yeah, no, you're right. They were both. It was it was mono a mono. <laughs> <laughs> um. So anyway, Audrey, get this, has a Chinese back channel. Sure. Previously And, and it seems unknown. like it's directly to uh I don't I don't know what they what term they use for the head of their state over there in China. It's a premier, right? Premier? Okay. It seems like it's his daughter. Okay. To me. That's the vibe I got from her. But she's dead, so it doesn't matter at this point. That's true. Which really so this is really just a gopher plot to get Audrey out in the open and in danger. Sure. So Jack can swoop in and save her and really piss off Boudreaux. I don't I feel like Boudreaux's not going to survive this season. I don't think he should. Although, I don't know. We, we're, we'll talk about that here in a minute. Okay. Um, Audrey calls Jack to tell him to make sure he kills Chang as if he need. Come on. That's that's his yeah. kill is his default setting. Uh, you they... have to <laughs> flip a switch to get him to go to stun. And they were both in the same situation, right? They were both tortured for a year and a half by this guy. Right. Jack wants to kill him just as much as you do. I think what this is supposed to say in the language of cinema, as you say, is that all is forgiven between Audrey and Jack. In fact, nothing was even okay. – there was nothing even there. She still uh, knew him as the man that saved the, the world like eight times and saved herself so many times. And Sure. 
you know, she never was caught up in all the bullshit. That's her story. She's sticking with it. Yeah, and I mean, the conversation that they have on the phone was uh, simultaneously vague and touching, I guess. Well, he says things are going to get complicated. Things are going to happen. I don't want you to hate me. He's telling her that Boudreaux is uh, not what he seems to be in a roundabout way. Why can't he just say that? Why can't he just say, and I don't know, he... Until he barges into the conference room and pulls out a gun in front of the president and puts it right to Boudreaux's skull, uh-huh. I, I don't understand why he wouldn't, you know, maybe he needed to get in that room and he couldn't risk, because Audrey would probably go off half-cocked and confront her her husband or oh, her father yeah, yeah. and or both, and he wanted to get the drop on him and have this dramatic confession. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Um, so the, we find out the Chinese are attacking our bases in Okinawa. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Going back to oh, that yeah. that scene where Jack gets the confession out of Boudreaux, I thought it might have been more interesting. And I don't know if they have even have the time with one episode left. It might have been more interesting to see who the president trusted more, Jack or Boudreaux. Right. If Boudreaux were to just deny it, I kind of thought they were going to go there. And then I like, so, too. so what is Jack going to do? Start torturing this guy? In front yeah. of the chiefs of staff and all this, or is well, he? Well, gonna... he is the chief of staff, right? He is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm the. Uh, what do you? What is they? What is that? The chiefs of staff? Chiefs of staff. He's the. He's the. There's only one chief of staff, as far as I know. Yeah, but the joint chiefs. That's what I'm. Oh, to say. okay. In yeah, front yeah. of the joint chiefs and in sure. front of the whole cabinet and all that. Secretary yeah, pull defense. out his fingernails. Yeah, right. <laughs> Get the chief of staff to admit it. You can't do that in front. In no. That. Um, but they didn't go there, unfortunately. President Grandpa mm-hmm. facing a lot of pressure from the Joint Chiefs to raise the force levels. I also find that sure. it's improbable how young these senior military officers are. Every time you see like hmm. a four-star admiral or general, yeah, yeah. they're old, crusty-ass motherfuckers. These guys were like 35-year-old linebackers in yeah. military uniforms, intimidating as shit. And, and in poor toupees. In poor toupees. Speaking, <laughs> can we talk about the president's look? The president yeah, yeah. has devolved into Matlock over the season. <laughs> He's wearing a rumpled gray J.C. Penney suit <laughs> with a uh-huh. shitty striped shirt. It's all. It, I mean, he just feels like he slept. He probably has. He's. He's. he's well, yeah. He, he's in London. I mean. But we I, know that's not true. I mean, he just in when he went to go get his ass bombed, uh-huh. he was wearing like a windbreaker and black slacks. So he changed into those. He changed clothes. into these rumpled this rumpled ass wow. suit. Wow. Yeah, I I don't know how to explain that. But it just then his hair got increasingly crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like bulging out in places. It just he he's turning into President Grandpa before our eyes. He is. He's turning into the Grandpa from The Simpsons. I think. So we talked about the confrontation between Boudreaux and Jack with President. I like how the President, like he whips out a gun. He's like, just take it easy, Jack. Mm-hmm. Not like, what the fuck are you doing? What's going on? Yeah. Um, Jack talks about turning him into an asset. Uh, and uh, President Grandpa wants to arrest him. But mm-hmm. uh, Jack says, nope, I'm going to use him. And we're going to go after Merkinmouth together. And the president's like, God damn it, I shouldn't have given him anything he wanted. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, at this point, it's it's like, okay, whatever you say, Jack. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to point out in this scene, the next scene where they're all in the car together, and they're talking about how the bullet's going to fly, this, that. 
Mm-hmm. Kiefer looks so much like his fucking dad. It's crazy. I Donald. can't. I can't wait for another twenty years to go past and he ages into the Donald Sutherland roles. He's going to be yeah. Gets the the crazy white hair. He's going to be the crazy conspiracy kook. He's going to be the lead. You know the the leader yeah. of a, jo- a gang of criminals out for one last job, and he probably dies in the first act as the emotional <laughs> impetus for the rest of the movie. Well, that's Italian job, right? <laughs> It'll be Italian job too, basically. Okay, yeah. Uh, we'll need to find a new young Marky Mark and a new young Charlize Theron. Sure. But he's set. He's set in a Donald Sutherland role. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for Justin Bieber to to take up the Marky Mark role. I feel like they need to remake all those movies. They need to remake JFK, built around <laughs> the Keith or Sutherland playing Donald Sutherland's role. Just, that would be... If if I were an actor uh-huh. and my father were an actor, yeah. and I followed him through his career just remaking his movies... Yeah. Can you imagine how ridiculous that would be? I I think Charlie Sheen has missed opportunity. He could have remade Apocalypse Now. I mean, he he should have been playing the younger version of his father. Is what he should have been doing. He did like, not do flashback that. He, scenes. He did I know the, the younger, crazier version of his father, Who? which is Charlie. Oh, oh, Charlie Sheen. I was talking about Emilio Estevez. Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. no. So, like, which Sheen brother are we talking about? Do they even have the last same so, same last so name? What's going Jack on here? So we take Jack Bauer and we put him in the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna win this game. Well, bro. this cast has got the limbo. We went the th- right, we went three right. levels too deep. Let's move on. Um, so Chloe, she's in the high tech garbage truck. Mm-hmm. She sees a lead pipe jangling around there randomly she yeah. picks it up and goes jedi warrior on these guys kicks all their asses yeah. bails out the door and then we're treated to a 30 second of her flopping like a ragdoll down the cliff knocking herself out cold yeah cell phone guy cell phone spotter did not see that pipe coming no he did not, not that, one bit. i did not either and i gotta say i thought this was gonna be another harebrained chloe stunt mm-hmm. but it turns out that the uh Royal Army convoy that's going by this time at night just happened to spook Chang into getting the fuck out of there because apparently information in her head doesn't outweigh the, yeah. the the girl to dragon tattoo makeup that they have to endure by keeping that head around. I guess not. Yeah. Um, we find out the Chinese in the next scene has launched missiles from somewhere. Turns out it's a SC nineteen anti satellite weapon. Boom. Uh, took out two satellites, and I was like, fuck, can they actually do that? Turns out that there was a big stink a couple years ago because the Chinese tested this actual real-life missile, destroyed a weather satellite in polar orbit, and caused a shitstorm because people are like, my God, there's a giant debris field <laughs> that all of our astronauts and satellites have to drive through now. Sure, that's a big concern. Thanks, assholes. And, yeah. and i just thinking, like in a World War III-type scenario... Even if you avoid nuclear war, it seems like outer space would be closed to human exploration for the foreseeable future because anti-satellite sure. weapons would – they'd be the first things to go. Yeah. And the whole Earth would just be blanketed in high-speed shrapnel that's yeah. impossible to track. That would be pretty You'd have to get Elon Musk on the job. You'd have to get him to develop some shielding. Or some giant snowplow, some debris plow. Sure, sure. Send up uh, the plow shuttle. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, it's just a, it's just a space shuttle covered in like those uh, rare earth magnets, and it, dri- right. it just drives around until it just has a giant like you know until aluminum. it falls out of orbit. It's like a giant <laughs> aluminum foil ball, ball at that point, and then it falls All out right. orbit. Do about a hundred of those, you're one yeah. percent of the way done. Uh, <laughs> no, I feel like it would be the. It, I know I feel like yeah, it would no, be catastrophic. Right. It would be. 
I don't, you don't, you don't hear that talking about a lot. Have you seen Gravity? I have seen Gravity. Because there's a perfect example. Sure. And that's, that's fairly realistic as to what would happen if there were a whole shitload of debris. Yeah, moving at high uh, speed at different velocities. It's, yeah. it's, it's already a problem. Now, it just like a war where you took out a couple hundred satellites would be... Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, uh, so Boudreaux shows up and begs for his life in front of Merkin. And Merkin's initially dismissive, like you'd think he would be. But he's just too juicy of a target. Mm, the presidential yeah. chief of staff and all the information. He'll be juicy. a hero. The, the defection, and he can't wait till morning, which this all makes sense, right? Totally, yeah. If you're Merkin Matthew, you open the gates, right? It's a credible story. I like it. I believe it, and this guy is such an idiot. He's not a huge threat, and, you know, maybe Merkin Math is arrogant enough to think that even he could stop Jack Bauer. Wrong about that. <laughs> Definitely wrong. He could, Well, no, Jack Bauer had nothing to do with that. He couldn't even stop Boudreaux. Boudreaux yeah. was the one who killed him. yeah. Sent him through that glass window, that glass door. That's true. Um, so government-issued face man mm-hmm. somehow jams the front door keypad, <laughs> and the entire compound goes broke dick. Yeah. Cameras get taken down. Uh-huh. Doors fly open. Gates, gates fly, fly open. open. That is one hell of a keypad. Do not put the wrong code in that sucker, because <laughs> you basically... it's it, There must be a button labeled pants around ankles that he <laughs> accidentally was able and this is just jamming it yeah yeah how frightening is that you cut this door pad off from communication with the rest <laughs> of the system and everything just goes into default unlock mode yeah yeah i i think you may be overselling uh the effect of of jamming i don't think it was the jamming that did that but what was it then I thought he said that he had gained access to no, the it was, panel. No, he said it was just jamming. Just he's jamming, okay. man. All he's right. jamming on that thing. Apparently. He's going to town on it. Uh, all hell breaks loose. Silencer rounds are going off. Russians are dropping like flies. Even Boudreaux gets into the mix. He karate mm-hmm. chops James T. Kirk's the gun out of Merkin Mouth's hand. Yep. They crash through a plate glass window or door. He gets a giant-ass shard of... Glass stuck in his throat that he pulls out. Yeah. He's got this bloody vagina mouth flopping. <laughs> I I don't know whether to shit or go blind when I'm seeing this. I mean, Jackson, why, why, bring me towels, bring me tampons. What are, we got to stop this bleeding? Why are those mutually exclusive? <laughs> <laughs> well, you could if things get really bad, you can always shit and go blind. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! And he's just screaming into this mess of a face. Where's Chang? Where's Chang? You <laughs> son of a bitch! Yeah. Give us Chang so we can further destroy your efforts. Not the most effective interrogation. No, you can't threaten a man who's bleeding out. Uh, so Audrey then goes and has her meeting with her backdoor connection, which it took five minutes longer than it needed to because everyone dies except yeah. for Audrey. Sniper yeah. attack pops up, shoots everybody. Uh, then uh, Chang calls her and tells her to have a seat on the park bench. Yeah, he's apparently in that building. Simultaneously, Chloe is waking up from the bottom of her ravine tumble. The president uh, is authorized the escalation to threat level three, and he's rolling in a motorcade somewhere. Yeah, what? I don't know. I don't what's know going where he's going. That. It looked like he had an idea. Mark, of some kind. The weasel mm-hmm. in in the four pane, you know, clock countdown of doom Boudreaux. is just rifling through the Russians' documents. Do you think? What do you think he's doing? 
I don't want to lead the witness. Well, I don't, I want to, don't want to steal your thunder here because you said it during the the watch. Oh yes, I did. Like okay. before this podcast, you said you think he might be going for the documents that he forged to destroy them. To destroy or... them, and then, but what does that get him? Because he made a confession in front of the president of the United States. Yeah, I. It's hard to say because. You, you destroy I mean, the evidence proof. if there's no I was actual. Under duress. Yeah, if there's no actual physical evidence of it, this crazy man had a gun in my face. The president has Alzheimer's. It's like, oh, that's true. He's it, not a credible like witness. How, I I don't know. I mean, I really don't know how seriously because obviously he's the president. They would take his opinion and his word very seriously. But you call into question his mental state, and who knows where that sure. goes. Sure. When he evacuates his bowels loudly on the witness stand. <laughs> and drops his pills across the courtroom floor. <laughs> While simultaneously looking like Matlock after a 72-hour bender. <laughs> I feel like you can attack... Okay, he's you, got a case. You can attack that man's credibility. You can. <laughs> the presidential weight authority is not enough, man. It is not enough. No, no, it's not at that point. Uh, that's the end of the episode. I suggest we do some pimping and then consider feedback. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to support this mess of a podcast, uh, there's several ways you can do so. One is to go to subbable.com slash baldmove, and it's a voluntary subscription site. You can sign up for free, but you can also send us some uh, uh, one-time money amounts, or you can do it a monthly money subscription amount. And in return, you get our awesome podcasts. Uh, stop, man. I can't continue doing this with you. I'm still cracking up. I know. The mute switch oh, The Jesus. mute switch doesn't protect me from seeing your face turning purple and convulsing. <laughs> and it's it's really fucking with me. All right. Uh, Subbable.com slash bald move, where you can not only subscribe and give us money, but you get stuff in exchange. Cool bald move memorabilia, unique mm-hmm. uh, custom content opportunities. Check out the menu at the baldmove.com. Or, sorry, subbable.com slash baldmove. If you're shopping Amazon, you should definitely use Amazon.baldmove.com to get there because everything on that session, we get a tiny cut of and it costs you nothing. So why wouldn't you do that? And finally, you can rate and review us on iTunes or tell a friend about the Bald Move Network. Send them our way. We will extraordinarily render them to the Chinese and or Russians. <laughs> Perfect. Whichever, whichever we can make more. I don't know. I, I, I try yeah, to bring it to 24. It's yeah, not working this yeah. week. Yeah, what do we have for feedback? <laughs> Fracking toaster. I almost said frack and tea, but this is, unless this is his real legal name, which I don't believe. I actually think I've, I've uncovered his name at it one point be. in emails. And maybe he at one point told me to start using his real name. But hmm. Frack and T is right in front of here, and this is what we're rolling sure, with. Sure, sure. And he's on Twitter as Frack and T as well. So That's right. And if you've, you've, you're, you've developed a following around your Battlestar Galactica flavored user, I think you need to just <laughs> rep it. that. Yeah. Own it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he said, Jack didn't fail at breaking Navarro, talking about last episode. He never thought that breaking the dude's hand would be enough. It was a ploy sure. to get Navarro out of the interrogation chamber and in the oh, sick bay. You think so? And in the sick bay, so Kate could get at him, he just finished telling Chris Partlow that the usual methods would not work, so we know that Jack is smarter than to think a broken huh. hand would do the trick. I retorted, hey, man, that's like your opinion. <laughs> and, you know, I had a couple problems, and he elaborated, says, I'm not sure, because I said, so are you suggesting that this was, like, 
planned from the beginning with Jack and Kate. That's pretty smart. Getting him into the sick bed, it does seem like a time-tested CTU, CIA uh, method of getting someone, a a soft target into an even softer softer target. Uh, He says, I'm not sure if they had a chance to work it all out in advance or Jack just assumed that Kate would back or go after him, or if Jack had another plan, but was happily surprised when Kate showed up and basically did everything for him. Mm-hmm. I do know we re- rarely see Jack flying off the handle without reason, and he's always thinking ten steps ahead of anyone else. He just told Partlow the usual methods wouldn't work, so why would he go in there and just break the guy's hand? It's a move so ineffectual that just because of who Jack is and how good he is, it had to be part of a plan. Besides, <laughs> if you want to talk about whether Jack and Kate had time to work all this out beforehand, we need to have a serious discussion about why Heller is still alive after that drone strike. Mm-hmm. And I said, touche, sir. Yeah, yeah. I'm on board with all of that. Um, except maybe the part where Jack is always 10 steps ahead of everyone. It seems like he's one step behind the terrorists until the last episode, mm. where he then catches them. He's 10 steps ahead of everyone else in the U.S. government apparatus. Certainly, yeah, yeah. Except for maybe Kate. He's a half step okay. ahead of her at best. Mm-hmm. Maybe she got a step on him this episode. I don't know. Yeah. Dig me for Digby from London has a lot of background information on police, armed and otherwise. Okay. He said the guy that Navarro knocked out and grabbed his machine gun, that guy was not a police officer. He was army, and you can tell because he's wearing combat overalls and a beret. Uh, your theory of the army being hmm. deployed during a state of emergency makes sense to me. Not that I've ever seen the army on the streets of London. That's interesting. That'd be like us never seeing the army on the streets of Washington, D.C., I'm, sure. I take it for granted that they're just probably parading up and down all the time. Yeah, probably. I mean, I've seen the army on the streets of Indianapolis. Have you? Yeah. Doing what? Yeah, they, they do shows and shit. Oh, I, I okay. live like, like right next to the World War II monument. Yes, so. I, I do. But I thought you meant like they were there in force. No, no, no. Starting no. or stopping some shit. Yeah. It's a, no. Indiana took to Occupy Wall Street, literally. <laughs> uh he says, on the subject of U.K. cops and guns, it's true that normal on-beat police officers don't have a gun. They have a truncheon, mace, and some carry tasers. What the I be- hell is a truncheon? I believe truncheon is a form of pepper spray, and mace is like one of those medieval, round, spiky war, war hammers. <laughs> okay. War, war, yeah, war mallets. Sure, just sure. In. A mace, I'm yeah. assuming they're in full-plate armor, too, because why would they go back? Full-plate you know, armor. leather jerkins. With, not... with a beret. With right? a beret. <laughs> That's if they're in army. This is the police. Keep oh, oh, sorry. Sorry. However, it's common to see armed police officers in places like Heathrow Airport, major stations like Waterloo and around the Houses of Parliament, etc. They carry what looks to me like a small machine gun, which is strapped to their chest, hmm. and some have uh, handguns as well. He sent me a couple pics of these guys. Yeah. I assume he didn't shoot because if he pulled that shit in America, the next picture would be of a jack boot coming down to the camera <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but they do appear to be carrying some form of uh, MP5, some variant. Okay. Some some HK spray and pray gun. Most of the armed officers in public places wear a uniform, which is very similar to the standard UK police uniform. Then there's also the hmm. tactical uniforms for officers who are performing a raid or whatever, you know, the typical SWAT. All black, and They're yeah. all black, black ninja'd up. Sure. Um, I'm no expert in UK armed police, as I'm sure you can tell, but I've lived in London near enough my whole life and seen plenty of armed officers. It's not something you see every day, but depending on where you live or work, such as Heathrow Airport, you'd see it on a pretty regular basis. Hmm. That's so surreal. The concept, like, our bicycle police are armed. Oh, yeah. I've never seen an on-duty police officer without a very visible gun. Sure. And most of them nowadays have a gun on one hip and a taser on the other and got, you know, a ta- you know one of those telescoping batons, skull crushers. Uh-huh. 
and various handcuffs, pepper and, sprays. Yeah, all sorts of shit. I feel like if you're a police officer and you have a long rope of those um, like rat belt style handcuffs hanging yeah. off of you, you've got to be some kind of asshole. Sure. Like if you're cracking if so you many skulls. If you are arresting enough people. That you have to have economy sized portions of like the kind of stuff like Jack Bauer would use in the field. Like I, I sure. don't know. I feel like you shouldn't have to, you shouldn't be a police officer. Hey man, just following orders. It's like this is a, this should be the last test in a police exam. They lay out a, <laughs> your, your service weapons. Which weapons would you, you like choose, to carry? You know, uh, a, a modest uh, Beretta or a pistol of some sort. You can get a, a sub. You can get a submachine gun. You can get a bazooka. Anyone grenades. That, anyone, yeah, grenades. <laughs> and you're just like, hey, just take whatever you want. Uh-huh. And then as soon as you get out the door, if you're carrying anything larger than a handgun, you should just fail out. Yeah, you or, just wash out or go directly to the military. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, either one. Uh, that's that's what President Aaron would do. Okay, slight downgrade from President Grandpa, by the way. Yeah, that only works the first time, though, right? Then word gets out. Yeah, maybe you have to murder the bad the bad cops. Oh, Jesus. Okay. This is Judge Dredd society we're talking about. Apparently. Uh Jake from New York said, "Seriously, this is from the subject nuclear. Maybe I'm being ridiculous when Jack Bauer has Chloe tap into CCTV camera feeds from a coffee shop. I find it hilarious and even endearing. But when I hear actors say nuclear on network television, <laughs> I'm beyond enraged." This it's America. A, Come on. America. This is a special kind of ignorance I just don't understand. We have mm. had a real-life POTUS butcher the word for eight years, and now President <laughs> Grandpa and his colonel are preserving the flagrant disregard for basic grammar and pronunciation. These uh-huh. men are discussing nuclear war with such irreverence for the horrors of the act that they cannot even be bothered to correct their speech. I wonder if the French had such heated debates about the use of the guillotine. <laughs> As one of the most topical words in English language today, I find it hilarious and horrifying that this totally ignorant alternative pronunciation is giving any credence at all. Am I alone in this? First of all, it's one of my pet peeves, too. Mm -hmm. Second of all, I'm going to take the devil's advocate position because it wouldn't be much of a podcast otherwise. Why do we get so hung up on the pronunciation of one word that regional dialect is not an excuse. Like, if you're from the South, I think nuclear is the accepted pronunciation. And why is that any crazier than the way, like, Bostontonians speak when they're talking about, you know, pocking a car and a yard? Sure. I mean, mean, do you... Perfect example. Do you take JFK less seriously because of the way he speaks? Certainly not. Right? But it's like there's an accent and then there's adding like nuclear. There is no yeah. syllable. They're adding a syllable that doesn't have any. I mean, it's not like it's some crazy ass French word. It's new, clear. Yeah. In fact, like, that's like the best nucleus. way to say it. Nuclear. Yeah. Nuclear. nuclear. Say new and clear until it <laughs> runs together and you've got it right. There is no yeah, U in there. I, there's, so I think part of it comes down to the perception of Bush when he was in office, uh, at least from, you know, a lot of the, the liberals that him mispronouncing this word or all suggests. Words. Okay. But particularly this word, people yes. glommed onto that suggests that he is less intelligent or that maybe he doesn't even understand the concept of a nuclear device. Yeah. And that's a tough one for me to swallow because I agree. I agree. It says nothing of that sort, but people latched onto it and kind of made it into that right 
But I mean, particular for me as a guy who likes to style himself or think of himself as intelligent and who butchers pronunciations and gets <laughs> yeah, words yeah. backwards. And I don't know if it's a weird learning disability or what. Um, in some cases, when I hear the correct pronunciation, so then like a month later when I go to use the word, I've got both of them, like the mm. way I've always said it and the correct pronunciation. You combine and my them. brain's got them both, but it's like the, the flag that says this is the right one, dumbass, has uh. been overwritten. So now I'm like, fuck. What is, what, you know, what is the word? I don't even know anymore. It's vocab roulette, and I'm probably going to lose <laughs> the draw. So I've got this love-hate relationship. On the one hand, it grates on my nerves too. But on the other hand, I make so many fucking mistakes all the time that I find sure. it hard to judge people that way. Yeah, no, I, and I don't think there's any reason to really. Right. So, I, yeah, that's where I stand. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? So there you go, Jake. Uh, hopefully, you got an answer that piss that, that would piss you off, no matter what you were expecting. Yeah. <laughs> if you would like to, if you would like to uh, harp on more vocab words, uh, give us military history of your country's police force, or otherwise engage us. Uh, you can do so at twenty four at baldmove dot com. You can participate in our podcast threads on facebook dot com slash baldmove. You can tweet at Jim at baldmove on Twitter. Got one more episode. Uh, by the way, we had a couple more people kind of confirm that the time skip is going to be all in one episode. I think the show has now confirmed this because there's one episode left. And it's on IMDb as like 11 p.m. to 11 a.m. or 10 p.m. to 11 a.m. Yeah. And I feel like it's our worst fear, and we're going to see if they can make the best of it. But it's going to be basically a... a flight to China. No, I think it's going to be a flash forward 12 hours into the future for a teaser for next season. A flight to Russia. <laughs> uh, that's all I got, man. Until okay. next time, until next Wednesday, I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya. See ya.